Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Fuel of 68, all made possible by Bet Rivers. Matthew Cox from Hermosa Beach, California. Jim, you are recording from a... New satellite location as well. The weave is always moving, Kai. Tectonic plates always shifting. We're covering from everywhere. You're back in the HQ of Chicago. How are you? I'll go to you first. I want a quick takeaway. Then it's to Jim. Then it's the championship championship week breakdowns. Let's do it. Uh, yes, I am in Chicago. I'm loving it. <laughs> it's a great city. Uh, takeaway, Charleston, Oral Roberts, both in the dance. Yes, we like that. We want the best mid-majors in the tournament, especially teams like these who can definitely knock off a first-round opponent, a second-round opponent, make a run to the Sweet 16. Charleston, Oral Roberts, Jim, both 30-win teams. Love it. Love it. Yeah, fantastic. Oral Roberts left no doubt. My goodness. Them and Gonzaga in the nightcap. I thought we'd have two exciting championship games, and they were both 30-point butt kickings. Pretty impressive there. Uh, unders are back, fellas. 19-7 and seven yesterday. Unders making a huge resurgence. We were hoping maybe that would happen in the tournaments but we weren't sure but a very inefficient day yesterday and a very slow day yesterday capped off by that absolute uggo game in the big sky montana state northern arizona or uh, excuse me montana state weber state was the actual game last night it warms my heart matthew i'm hoping that the unders go on a, a big run over the weekend here I did that tally myself this morning, Jim, and I uh, added a couple extra unders based on the, uh, you know, the very foolish confidence that just because yesterday had 26 One day of evidence games, now they're all going <laughs> under, under. Obviously, let's, hey, great transition to our first game, the Big Sky Championship, which certainly feels like an under if last night's uh, game is any indication of what tonight's could look like. Montana State prevailed in the ugliest, most disgusting, most repulsive offensive performance I've ever watched with my own two eyes, Jim. Um, but they did win and they got the W over a feisty, um, uh, who do they play? I'm already blanking. Weber state. They don't deserve to be remembered. They don't, their name does not deserve to be mentioned because it was so bad. Uh, but they are laying seven and a half right now to Northern Arizona. Who's been on fire. Obviously the total has been bet down from the opener 138 to 135 and a half, trying to probably bet against the, uh, double OT tired legs angle, Jim. Um, I'm a square. I took the under and I took the dog here. So 
that's my yeah. tip my hand right there. NAU also playing fourth game in five days with a relatively short bench. Top three players have played 35 minutes in each of the past three games. Best bet under Matt, I'm in. I'm buying the trend. Uh, we actually get a friendly number from our pals at Bet Rivers today. 136.5 Thank is you. what I'm seeing. So I will take that extra point. But yeah, given the, the fact that this should be a crawl, I mean, Montana State looked absolutely exhausted at the end of that game. Every jumper was short. Uh, their their defense is very solid, the interior defense. So NAU might struggle to score inside. Last game these two played was 60 possessions. So I'm hoping that keeps tempo down along with the legs and the stakes of a championship game. I'm riding with it, Kai. I like the under. I also do think the spread feels a bit high, but there's a big edge with the Montana State interior offense against NAU's interior defense, and that kind of spooked me off the spread. But I do like the under 136.5, one of my best bets today. Yeah, what a run by NAU. Nine seed in the big sky, making it to the championship. They have great guards, and that always gives you a chance in March, right? Jalen Cohn. He played for Virginia Tech. He's a top 100 recruit. Also, their big guy, Carson Tout, this guy's good. Have you guys watched this game? Nick Maines is good. The team's good. They should have been good all year. They should have been good last year. It makes no sense. The team is good. It's supposed to be good. They, they so have frustrating. some talent on this team. 7-22 uh, and 22 versus D1 competition before yeah. this tournament. How? And, and if they do win um, and make it to the dance, they'd be 13-22, and 22, which would be the worst record ever for a team to make the tournament. Uh, Lafayette could also do that by beating Colgate. We'll talk about that in a second. Yeah, Montana State swept the series, but last game was a one-point game. NAU can hang here, man. They can handle the ball. Their shot-making gives them a chance. I ultimately think Montana State wins this game, but I do think NAU hangs around, and I lean towards a seven-and-a-half-point spread for the for the Lumberjacks, Matthew. Yeah, I worry what the uh, tired legs could do to, um, I guess, both teams' defense. You know, I think we always look at that as an indictment on the offense and maybe slowing pace, but obviously if your legs are feeling like jelly, you're not going to slide your feet as um as efficiently against drivers so i'm hoping um that plays true to form but we'll see let's pivot to another championship game here the patriot kai on the east coast colgate did you, did you say that was your best bet matt uh i was going to come back to it at the end oh no it's my best bet i'll no, just blow you right thank you no i wasn't <laughs> right i forgot what my best bet was i bet a lot today <laughs> fellas um i have a lot of best bets so I'll, i'm gonna pick the uh the best of the best at least i guess i think i am i'm taking nau plus seven and a half the money came in initially um, on my side, then there was some pushback. Some people came in on Montana State, um, which I don't really understand. It makes me a little bit nervous, but uh, I am going to take the Lumberjacks here, plus seven and a half as my best bet. So a double dose of best bet action here uh, for the weave. All right, now we talk Patriot, Kai. Colgate hosting Lafayette again. This game will be played on Colgate's home floor up there in uh, upstate New York. They're laying two touchdowns. It feels high. I know Colgate is the overlord of this conference, and they beat teams by a lot routinely. But look at the two matchups against Lafayette this season. Um, not exactly emphatic victories, inc- including the most recent one. Um, I kind of like the dog here, but uh, fading Colgate is never fun. So I didn't do it. What do you think, Kai? Yeah, 14-point favorites. We saw double-digit championship favorites yesterday go 1-1 one and one against the spread. Charleston didn't cover, but Oral Roberts crushed North Dakota State. But yeah, Lafayette just hangs around. Um, they played Colgate within four points last game. They dragged that game to 62 possessions. It was tied at half. Colgate is way better. They should dominate. But Lafayette, they just have this knack, this ability to make games crawl. And they do have a bit of variance in their favor with their shot making. It is possible for them to stick around. I do lean towards the dog, Jim, on the number. I hope and and I think Colgate will win. <laughs> but at 14, I lean towards Lafayette. Yeah, this is too dang high. 
Both games, they played mm-hmm. 62 possessions. Lafayette is an awesome underdog, 13-7 against the spread, covering by an average of almost four per game. They're terrific. They just muck the game up. They're going to make Colgate really, really execute in the half court, which, of course, they can do. They're a terrific half court team. But I've been far too low on Lafayette ever since my conversation with Mike Jordan all the way back in like July, where he was like, I don't know, I, this roster, who knows, man. And, and then they've <laughs> just been like hyper competent all, all the way through the year, even through his suspension. So, yeah, Matt, I think it's too high. 14 points. Uh, the, the two margins were four and 12 this year. Great underdog. I'll take it. Lafayette, definitely. If you're going to take Lafayette, I would take first half. Um, looking at the Merrimack game yesterday, I was trying to pick off some anecdotal historical examples. I think these teams that play championship games on their home floor actually come out tight to start the the first half. Um, so it could be a good angle there. And we know Colgate has that spurt ability that could put you away in a, in a hurry. So that's my angle if you're looking to play the Lafayette Leopards, Jimbo. Uh, one last championship tilt. Let's go to the Southland. Uh, the home court to McNeese State, as we call them. But McNeese did not advance to the final, unfortunately. Um, valiant effort, though, a, a big-time run there for the hometown patrons. Northwestern State will be taking on Texas A&M Corpus Christi. I've been in Nagadoche. How do you say it, Jim? How do you say it? Nagita. Nagita. I know. We've met, we've put through that so many times. I've been a demon believer all season. I think plus three is too many. Um, are they the better team? I don't know if I want to go that far, but plus three on a neutral, I like that side. Take Jim, uh, three, you, oh, sorry. I, I, thought, I thought you were finishing a sentence with take, like no, take this side your or take. take the demons. Like, okay. I know it was a quick stop um, up there. Yeah. Um, three was like exactly my cutoff, Matt. I, I kind of like the Islanders laying minus three because I trust them way more. I think they've got serious interior edge here. Uh, they've got a lot of championship experience. Five guys that played 19 plus minutes in the NCAA tournament last year, won this Southland tournament. But Northwestern State's really talented. Their guards are too good to just write off. Like if this were to get up to four, five, I would certainly lean towards the underdog. They probably have a higher ceiling, Northwestern State. They beat TCU this year. But I just kind of trust that that Mushila, Murdoch's, Tennyson core uh, for Corpus Christi. And I kind of think they're slightly better coach. I know Gibson's kind of a hot name right now because of his work in the portal. But Lutz off the painter tree, uh, he's been fantastic there. So it's actually a lean towards Corpus Christi for me, laying the three, but it's a dicey number for sure. Yeah, two very good Southland schools playing for the honor of a 16 seed. How how wonderful. Uh, yeah, Corpus swept the series. They won by six, won by eight. Uh, Northwestern State led in both those games in the second half. So it will be a, a tough battle, a tight battle here. In two games, though, Corpus Christi has shot 62 free throws against Northwestern State. That's hard to overcome, and they're going to get to the line pretty consistently again, I think. Talent-wise, Northwestern State has the edge, like you guys said, but Corpus Christi has the has the coaching edge, and they play just excellent defense. They're number one on both ends of the floor in the Southland. I think they dominate the glass here on both ends, get to the line, like I said. I lean towards Corpus Christi. Yeah, kind of interesting here. This is the second-best three-point shooting conference in the country. I'm not sure if people realize that. Like People actually make shots in this league. Um, and can, Corpus I, can I Christi, note on that, Matthew? Yes, Go. The two in the two games that Corpus Christi won, Northwestern State shots ten for forty nine from three, like twenty percent. So that's kind of part of that dominance in two games. Yep. I, we'll see. Perfect setup there. Um, they've opponents have only hit thirty two percent of their threes all league play against Corpus Christi, and they play kind of a saggy concert. I think there is a big fat regression monster lurking 
behind Corpus Christi. So that's the second time I've done this uh, hand gesture today. Kai, I think is it like a two year regression it. monster? Cause yeah, it's all going to come just Lutz is incredible. swapping back right here. Lutz is awesome. I know, <laughs> but this year though, it is odd to see that dichotomy in the splits, given how uh, strong of a shooting conference this has been. But anyway, we move on here. Let's go to the ACC tournament. Um, some undercard games here today in the power conferences. Kyle, go to you here. Georgia tech playing Pitt. Georgia tech's been a fireball lately. They were a shooting uh, regression candidate early in the season in the positive direction, and they have uh, cashed in recently, absolutely on fire, making shots from everywhere. They have some personnel issues, mm-hmm. um, but it's seven too many against a pit team that we don't necessarily trust as a favorite. Yeah, they've won four straight, six of the last eight in the ACC. Uh, they barfed a win against Florida State. They lost the entire game. <laughs> they should not have won that game. Uh, but can they compete here? Maybe. Pitt swept the series pretty easily. They're the far better team. Like you said, Georgia Tech has personnel issues. Yeah, they're thin. They played five guys against Florida State, plus one sub for seven minutes. No Davon Smith. I think that's really tough in a tournament setting. Um, again, Pitt handled them easily twice. I'm not too concerned about Pitt as a big favorite anymore. They're one of the best ATS teams in the country. I think they kind of keep it going here. I lean Pitt, Jim, although Georgia Tech can definitely make it ugly. Yeah, no, you mentioned no uh, no Smith, also no Howard, no Maxwell. That's why their rotation is so desperately thin. I think that's very conducive to under. Last uh, Yesterday, was 59 possessions. Georgia Tech's zone is going to slow things down, probably prevent Pitt from running a little bit. Uh, but I also do lean towards Pitt on the matchup, Matt. They can shoot. You need to be able to against this zone. Uh, I kind of like this Panther squad, and with Georgia Tech coming off that emotional, undeserved victory, definitely I would I would argue that with Kai. Um or take his side. I do lean pit lean towards the under, but I have not bet this game. Um, yeah. Under feels right. Doesn't it just in that, uh, cavernous venue with these two teams, uh, offensively, especially Georgia tech. Um, if they shot like they did the first two months of the year, I think that could be an easy under yeah, let's pivot down to three and a half. It's points, a bet so down. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Um, a lot of these totals, obviously if you get later in the conference tournaments have been consistently bet to the under. So, uh, Jimmy undertaker better be making those moves early. Jim, Undertaker, are you my czar today, or is that Mr. McKeon? I'm, I was, uh, who was assigned? Ooh, poorly communicated, actually. Kai, have you been taking any notes? I honestly have not. We can. Scroll. I assumed Let's... it was going to be you, to be honest. I wow. love this. Let's okay. do it on the fly here. I'll Poor just kind of scroll through the chat. Us. No, Grambling, it's not let's, let's talk Grambling, Bethune, Cookman. That's been talked about a lot. Uh, Ten points spread. Cartier Gordon, almost my best bet. Cartier Gordon arrested yesterday. Um, I'd like to say I'm surprised. I'm not. Um, so I lean towards Bethune Cookman plus 10. I do too. Yeah. They play close Matt, by their season. Yeah. Bethune. Matt loves the talent level on that Bethune team. I've sort of given up. I think they're terribly coached, but I, they might be, I don't care last chance, uh, put up your shot, especially against a team without Gordon. Although Grambling steamrolled last game without Gordon, they're just really good with regardless, but obviously he's a completely different monster. Uh, um, I saw Georgia mentioned, uh, they are a dog to LSU rather surprising. Um, where's that game? Yeah, LSU, LSU laying three. three. Right. They went two and 16 Le- in the league. I don't know. It's rather surprising. Georgia just really fell off towards the end of the year. I kind of lean towards Georgia, but I'm not emphatic enough to bet them. Yeah, nothing at the current number. Um, I don't know. I could see LSU being one of those weird teams that maybe plays up in the conference tournament. They weren't awful all year, right? They just um, weren't that good. I don't think Georgia yeah. does anything special either. So. Here's one for you, Matt. Butler's getting five and a half today. Is this the nope. reset button? Your bulldogs? Nope. Nope. Didn't. I was, uh, the bait was swinging in my face, but I, uh, I kept swinging right by it. You know why? Cause Mr. Bates, Manny Bates is hurt again. I don't know how serious it is. Um, I should have done better due diligence there, but 
all I needed to see was best player for Butler, not a hundred percent. Okay. Pass. And so I moved on. Yeah. Pass feels right. I'm not like excited to lay points with the Johnny St. John's. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Kai, how about Ryder? They are six and a half point favorites today. They're taking on St. Peter's who actually had a dominant second half yesterday. Mm-hmm. Peacocks or Bronx. I lean St. Peter's at plus six and a half, but Ryder has beaten them quite easily in, in the last two games or first two, only two games this season. Perhaps they just have their number. So I stayed away. Ryder might be really good. I think I've come around to that. Conclusion. Yeah. I think yeah. might be really good. Generally lean towards the dogs in these Mac tournament. Yep. Uh, Matthew for you, Wyoming and New Mexico, the Lobos laying eight and a half. That is the late night, late night at Thomas and Mac. It's actually four o'clock Pacific. So it's not really late here. Uh, what do you, what, what's your take on that game? Uh, I don't know. It feels high, but again, I've kind of given up track in the whole Wyoming personnel a carousel. Um, it could be a team that you would think out of nowhere plays better in a conference tournament time. That's just dealt with a slew of, um, you know, avalanche of injuries and stuff that's just derailed their season. So I, I kind of lean toward, uh, you know, the pokes here at plus eight and a half money's coming on the Lobos, but nothing strong for me. Kai to you for Villanova in Georgetown. Nova has been bet up. I'm seeing some 11 and a half in the market. Georgetown just completely rolling over. Is this it for Mr. Ewing today? Uh, I think it's too high. I, we see, we've seen Georgetown play tough in the tournament before. I mean, Ewing won the dang thing a couple of years ago. Uh, not as good of a team, but they still have a lot of talent. And we all think Villanova is overvalued in the market right now. So I lean towards Georgetown at plus 11. Yeah, he's good in this format, Jim. You know why? Because every year he's like, if I can get fired this offseason, maybe I'm going to put up one big last stand to you know re-infuse confidence in my alumni and backers. I like Georgetown here too, for no good reason I, other yeah. than that. I don't have enough screens to pull it up right now, but I'm pretty sure he's been pretty good against the spread against Villanova too. They they just for some reason have been solid there. Oh, a little Monica appearance in the background. Monica, welcome. (laughs) She knows Um, better. I'll talk to her after the show. She knows better. Let's see. Uh, Matt, your West Virginia Mountaineers laying four against Texas Tech. I lean the other way pretty hard. I think there's an energizing uh, factor. Next game after the chat mob. Next game after the chat mob. Oh, good call. All right. Sorry. I'm just going (laughs) through the chat mob here. Reading. Uh, Matt, FIU plus one against Louisiana Tech, a team you saw live. What are your thoughts there? Almost took FIU. Not sure why I haven't yet. Um, Louisiana Tech has weirdly played competitively last couple of games. Makes me think they haven't given up on their season despite the late uh, exodus of Kobe Williams there. So stayed away, but I do feel like FIU screams like the right spot and just a better team at this point in the season. Yeah, they really battled with FAU uh, in that late one, which was surprising to me. Uh, Kai, I'll go to you for Virginia Tech, who barely survived yesterday against Notre Dame. They're getting two and a half against NC State, who has uh, had the bye, so they're they're rested. I was tempted by Vatek, but I think I'm finally giving into the fact that they're just not that a, that good of a team. Um, I've held out hope for a long time. I think NC State handles them pretty easily. That's against NC State. Spoiler. Yeah, uh, didn't like there it. You go. Yeah, no, don't like it, but I did. All right, Matthew, another one uh, team you're fond of. Washington State laying 13 and a half against Cal. I know we like Washington State as a future potentially in this Pac-12 tournament, but are you laying that many points with them today against the Golden Bears? No, um, but I am going to look to bet them the subsequent rounds, assuming they advance today. I think it's just a slightly more, um, an uglier game, a game that doesn't play as true to form for the favorites. I didn't bet it, but I think Washington State have them circled for the later rounds if they get by Cal today, which they obviously should. Fair enough. All right, I will continue collecting questions. We we pieced together a chat mob part one there, uh, but we can go back to the outline for now. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's do it. Uh, well, hey, you teased it, Jim. Texas Tech, West Virginia, uh, Big 12 action. Um, you mentioned you lean toward West Virginia. Uh, no, I'm sorry, you lean toward Texas Tech. Yes. I lean toward Texas Tech as well, and I've been an ear oh. all season. I've also oh. been a Tech naysayer, but hey, throw it out the window. The old Maddie priors are extinct. I've uh, you know retuned how I'm thinking about this one. I saw five at one point this morning. If you could have uh, caught five, that's a great uh, a, a great spot to to hit tech. Um, I'm with you. I just think the loss of Adams is more likely to be a positive than a negative. Even if it's a negative, um, this team can compete with West Virginia and should play close to a pick them, especially with both Bacho and um, and IMAC in there, right? You need to be able to combat West Virginia on the, on the glass, and so now they actually have both bigs in there. I think that helps. So I like tech even at four. Yeah, I, I think yeah. these teams okay. are closer – they're closer analytically, or excuse me, closer in real life than they are analytically. 17th and 53rd is their current ranks in Kimpum. It's hard to tell how Texas Tech's going to react after the Mark Adams suspension. It's either a rallying cry because he's not a good guy, or they're completely lost without their coach, which could be the case. Um, split the season series, both won at each other's places. The rebounding edge is pretty stark. AMAC helps, but still, West Virginia, best offensive rebounding team in the Big 12. Texas Tech, second worst. AMAC helps that. I still think there's an edge there for West Virginia. Texas Tech, they're pretty disciplined defensively. They're not going to give up a bunch of free throws per usual to the Mountaineers. That's what they kind of rely on offensively. At plus four, I do lean towards the Red Raiders here, Jim. Yeah, so last eight games, Texas Tech has lost by three. They've won four games. Then they lost by one, lost by four, lost by three. Like this team doesn't roll over, and that was when they were playing for a coach that they apparently didn't like, uh, reported that they're ready for Adams to move on. I, that's why I think it's going to be a net positive for them because this, the way field of 68's Jeff Goodman worded it, uh, it doesn't sound like they're too, uh, they're not going to be too heartbroken that he's gone. So given that the fact that they're a much better team with AMAC in the lineup, pop Isaacs is healthy and the team still has pretty solid talent and, and maybe the incentive to try to run through this tournament and, and make a, a push for the postseason. I like the red Raiders with the plus four. Matthew. Well, uh, agreement from me. Let's move on to another Big 12 opening round tilt here. Again, a spot where I like the dog, although at this point, there is no dog. It's been bet closer to pick Kai, Oklahoma against Oklahoma State. The Sooners um, feel like the more desperate team. And I know there's whispers that Avery Anderson may be coming back today. Uh, Oklahoma State's been a different team without him. What do you make of this handicap? I just think Porter Moser in a more desperate spot's the right play. Um, but yeah, I'll go to you here. What do you think about the seniors? Basically just got to win this game opening round at the sprint center. Yeah. Oklahoma state swept Oklahoma this season, one by 16, one by 10. They might have their number, but they also had Avery Anderson in, the, in those games. Um, clearly not quite as good, especially offensively without him. Oklahoma's a strange team. Uh, they can defend. They have kind of a wild card offensively with Grant Sherfield, and they are definitely a well-coached team, but ball handling is always going to be a concern against Oklahoma state's pressure. I lean towards Oklahoma State minus one, uh, getting it done. I don't have a lot of confidence. This is probably my least confident game of the day, but I lean towards the pokes, Jim. 
Yeah, I'm with you. I think it's just a matchup thing. Like the the controlling both matchups, you know, looking into the stats, it wasn't some aberrational thing where, you know, I mentioned Northwestern State shooting 20% from three and two losses to Corpus Christi. I don't feel like that's what's going on here. Uh, the athleticism just really, really bothers Oklahoma. And Oklahoma State's relatively comfortable playing iso ball offensively. And that's what Oklahoma forces you to do by going under every screen and and just kind of keeping you on the perimeter. And it's just better to attack 1v1. And Oklahoma State can do that. So, yeah, Matt, I, I definitely think Cowboys getting the triple sweep of the Sooners today. All right. Well, we'll be head to head on that one. Let's go to Big Ten country, Jim. Ohio State versus Wisconsin. Buzz cut Badgers. Money coming in recently here on Ohio State and bet up to minus two. Buckeyes have been better lately. Um, let's go back four games. Penn State lost by four at home, beat Illinois by 12 at home, beat Maryland by 11 at home, and then went on the road and competed with Sparty. Team playing better. I mean, it's clearly put to bed like that disaster run they've had. They've kind of retooled some uh, roster uh, and lineup pieces there. And I think the market may just realize that Wisconsin's really bad. I don't know. What's your take on this game, Jim? Uh, if this gets over two, I think you probably have to lean more towards punching back with Wisconsin. They're just a they're kind of cockroachy. They they don't go away. They have lived one foot in the tournament, one foot out this whole season. Their style is very conducive to being an underdog. They slow the game down. They play terrific defense, and they just kind of slop a few buckets in enough to hang around. And Ohio State's defense isn't good enough to make this super difficult on them. I do like the Ohio State recent form. They're playing much better. They sort of figured out their rotation without Zed Key. The freshmen have stepped up and become the the leaders of the squad. But I just Wisconsin is such a hang-around, clingy type of team, Kai, that uh, mm-hmm. I, I don't want to lay up over a possession or, or a possession against them at this stage. Yeah, Ohio State, I agree. They've been better recently. They also haven't won a game outside of Columbus since January 1st, which seems concerning for a team that's laying points. Uh, Wisconsin, yes, struggling. If they lose, they're out of the dance. So if you want to take the incentive angle here, Wisconsin will be done if they don't win this game. It's funny that Ohio State's minus two when they're nowhere close to the tournament and Wisconsin's on the bubble, such as the magic of analytics. Uh, Wisconsin won the only meeting. Ohio State couldn't make anything. Had 16 turnovers. It was an ugly, ugly game. I like the current form of this Buckeye squad better than the current form of the Wisconsin squad. I think they figured it out without Zed Key. But the number, Matt, has me leaning towards Wisconsin. Again, not confident, but leaning towards them plus two. Hard agree. Lean toward Ohio State, uh, but this is no bargain. Jim, to your point about Wisconsin being a platinum titanium cockroach, they have not lost by more than two points in regulation, caveat, since January 28th against Illinois. Lost by 10 at home. Since then, and, you know, they've Ohio lost State, a lot of games since then. <laughs> yep. Lost at Northwestern or lost a home in Northwestern by two. Nebraska overtime, Rutgers by one, Michigan overtime, Purdue by two. Those are the losses since that game. So, yeah, really hard to beat even by four, I, I guess, is the uh, so some credit I will give to Wisconsin despite me throwing relentless shade at them all season. Uh, let's hit the last game here on the outline. Another Big Ten undercard matchup. Minnesota, man, just a tough year for the Gophers against Nebraska, who has quietly resurfaced as a long-range bubble contender. Kai, the Huskers laying margin don't really doesn't really excite me, but um, against Minnesota, it certainly is justified. Some money coming in on the Gophers, just a little bit down to five and a half. Nebraska laying it at the United Center in Chicago. Uh, what's your angle on this handicap? Yeah, Minnesota's scrappy. Um, they pull teams into the mud. The last two games, they beat Rutgers. They nearly beat Wisconsin. So they're they're competent-ish, I, I will say. But Nebraska beat them pretty easily on February 25th. 
I think they win this game. They've been playing their best ball as of late. I think five and a half seems about right here, Jim. Um, slightly towards the Huskers. Yeah, same. I like this version of the Huskers. The the Walker distributing at the top of the key. Tomonaga running all around like crazy, distracting the defense. And then you get Griezel driving into gaps or posting up against guards. And teams just have a real problem figuring out how to combat that. But Minnesota has been more competent. The Garcia back in the lineup thing has really helped them. Although the win over Rutgers, I think, A, has a lot more due to Rutgers being awful. And Rutgers still controlled that game. It was like a frantic final minute comeback. It wasn't like Minnesota looked great the whole way. So definite lean towards Nebraska. But I'm not super excited about laying five and a half with them, Matt. I like them more as a dog. Yeah, I agree. Um, and we'll see if they can keep this run going. Hey, before we get to Chat Mob Part 2, uh, speaking of runs, we talk about Run Your Pool a partner of our fine Field of 68 employer. Uh, Rob's worked with these guys before. He is all in on this partnership. They have more than 50 game types for every sport you can think of. Traditional bracket pools, survivors, head-to-heads, um, you know, pick an X number of games, squares, all of that good stuff. It's all there. You can set up your own type of pool, scoring customizable, um, basically tailor the pool to your needs. Uh, my sister was just setting one up. Actually, yesterday I was helping her along, doing a little bracket pool for the office, Kai. We miss office pools. We used to work in offices. We no longer do. So we are devoid of such a fun experience. Best part, though, they are giving away $1,500 in cash prizes for free. Just sign up at the description, play.runyourpool.com slash field of 68. That's field 68. No, of field 68 after the backslash. Fill out a bracket and you will be eligible to win said prizes. Let's get to the outline. I'm sorry, to the chat mob. We're done with the outline. Czar, Jim, take us away. Uh, we're going to go to the the MIAC, two-pack from the MIAC. You'll each get one. Kai, I'm giving you NC Central laying 11.5 against Delaware State. Stan Waterman and the boys. They've been feisty at home. But what do you think about in this game in the tournament? I lean towards the dog ever so slightly, Jim. I don't, I think, there's a, I don't think there's a huge gap in this league between the top and the bottom teams. So double digits lean towards a, a Delaware State, especially on a neutral. So, Matt, does that mean you like South Carolina State getting eight against Howard, the champion? Of the I bet them both. I bet them both. I know Howard got settled back last game, and he's absolutely critical. Um, but I did take both very small. I'm just in Kai's general angle there is exactly what I lasered in on. I think these games are just a little closer. Yeah, the, the, like, the games they played without settled on the stretch, they were awful. And when they got him back, it was like immediate switch flips. That's that's my concern there. They seem seems like he really, really matters for them. Um. I'll take this one. Fresno versus Colorado State out here in the desert. Minus three for the Rams. I sort of lean that way, but I'm with the the general sense of the under here. Uh, weird early tip at Thomas and Mack. Neutral court that is a relatively large venue, so not ideal shooting backgrounds. And Fresno's going to try to grind this game to a halt play in a very, very half-court type setting. So lean towards that under, I think it's 133 and a half out there. Uh, Matthew, in Conference USA, Western Kentucky is a favorite, minus two and a half against UTEP. We don't typically like that squad as a favorite. What are you looking at with that one? No, we don't. They've been up to two and a half. I kind of like the miners, our miners, punching back. Thank you, throw it up, hang loose. Uh, I'd like it at three, though. Um, nothing profound. Western Kentucky feels like a team that just didn't really care for most of the year. Maybe they play better now, or they could just not be a good team. Unclear. Either way, I'm not getting involved. Uh, Kai, in the SEC, Ole Miss is laying six and a half or seven, which is shocking for a team with an uh, interim coach and has not been good down the stretch. But they're against South Carolina, who has 
been bad all season. Is that too many points for the Gamecocks? Yeah, I lean towards South Carolina, but I'm not touching this game. Neither team's good. No, thanks. Yeah, just I, I can't get on board with laying that many points with Ole Miss, given how they've been playing right now. So uh, not super interested there. Maddie, a strange spread in the SWAC where Texas Southern, the eight seed, is only getting two against Alcorn State, the one seed. It's stinky. Are you getting on the Tigers there, the doggy? Yeah, I did. Um, I mean, obviously, Johnny Jones has been a bastion of this tournament historically, coming off two losses. Uh, and, you know, they just played Jackson State, Alcorn State, Prairie View, all very close. And that came in the wake of three wins. I think they kind of turned a corner after that 0-5 start to the year. They're not what they were last year, but I think they'll play better in this tournament. So I did take Texas Southern small. Um, the two Pac-12 games have been asked about. One of them will be holstered for best bets. The other will go to Kai. Colorado, minus two and a half against Washington. Some personnel questions for Colorado's KJ Simpson missed their regular season finale. I don't know if he's going to be back or not for this one. Does that be, is that the the, the total swing factor for you there, Kai? I just kind of trust Colorado more than Washington. That's what it comes down to. I trust Tad Boyle more than Mike Hopkins. So I lean towards them minus two and a half. Uh, and since I'm in Vegas, I'll take UNLV taking on the air troops, UNLV laying six. I vastly prefer air force in this one, the air troops, Keyshawn Gilbert, I believe, is suspended for UNLV, got got suspended for a game. They're coming off a massive emotional rivalry win against Nevada up in Reno. Now they come back here, take on a feisty dog, a team that just lost or or kept it to a one-point game in this same arena, Thomas and Mack, like a week and a half ago. So big air troops lean for me in that one. I will probably be betting that one once we get off of the air here. Uh, Matthew from Madison Square Garden. DePaul taking on Seton Hall. Shaheen Holloway, the maestro of March, laying five points against the Blue Demons. Are you going to lay it with Mr. Holloway? Seton Hall feels like a sucker, but I think DePaul weirdly competes in this game. Um, and that's based on little to no um, you know, data or strong factual basis. Just my gut tells me this game is oddly closer than it looks on paper. Um, George Washington got mentioned in the chat. Let me pull up that line. See here, they are in the uh, taking on St. Joe's, who just won yesterday. Kai GW laying two against the Hawks. I lean towards St. Joe's, but I have no rational explanation as to why. I really like their guards. They are um, able to score pretty much at will (laughs) against most teams. However, um, also I I don't give a lot of credit to Abena being out. I I know he's a really good player, but they have Charles Coleman uh, who slots in for him. He's actually a stretch five. I think he actually poses a bit of a matchup problem with GW. Um, I lean towards Joseph plus two. I can't believe that dude is a stretch five. His form is ugly, but he made a couple yeah, threes yeah, yesterday early. And it like, yeah, like <laughs> changed the game, forced them to come out on him and, and opened up some driving lane. And so, yeah, uh, it mattered. Let's see. I believe that's it. Apologies, chat. If I did miss anything, Kai scream at me if you see one that I missed. But let's go to best bets, which means we're leading off with Mateo. As I almost forgot to share on the opener, I'm taking Northern Arizona, the Lumberjacks. Jalen Cohn, former Virginia Tech transfer, uh, is finally manifesting the destiny that we all thought he would um, achieve last year, kind of underachieved this year, underachieved. Now it's all coming together. I'm going to keep riding the magic carpet ride that is the Jacks run, plus seven and a half. Kai? Uh, yeah, I'm going Richmond plus three, guys. Um, George Mason did sweep the series. Both games were close, though. One by two, one by four. I trust Richmond more in a tournament setting. They have a more reliable style. 
I don't think George Mason guards the Princeton action very well. Tyler Burton went supernova yesterday. I like riding star guards. I don't think Kim English is a good coach, and I don't think he'll have a good preparation for this game. And Victor Bailey is probably still out for George Mason, who I think is important despite their recent run down the stretch. So Richmond plus three. Love it. Love it, Kai. Um, I reminder, I have Northern Arizona and Montana State under 136.5 in that late, late night cap in the big sky. And I'm also going to Utah, minus one. Uh, I just, with them getting Raleigh Worcester and Gabe Madsen back in the finale, I, I know they didn't win against Colorado and admittedly shorthanded Colorado. I just like that version of Utah better with their guards, a little more dynamism, a little more perimeter potency where teams have to come out on them. And it's a huge coaching mismatch for me at Craig Smith over Jared Haas, who may be uh, headed to the chopping block uh, at the end of this tournament. So I will take the Utes minus one in that Pac-12 tournament. Back to you. It's all question about Matt. Madsen played off the bench last game. He's back for Utah. Yeah, he's back, which is huge. Yeah. Yeah. Madsen and Worcester Um, both both came back. Raleigh Worcester, my guy. Uh, That concludes today's show. Thank you for stopping by those who did, contributing in the chat, those who did. Um, also stay tuned, stick around. We're going to do a live podcast here, tipping off at noon 30 central. Is that correct? Mr. McKeon, one thirty right. Eastern 10 30 AM Pacific, uh, tomorrow, as we continue to shuffle around our time for this show, given the conference tournament schedule, we will be going live an hour later tomorrow at our usual time. Correct. At 12 PM central, 1 PM Eastern That's 10 AM Pacific. Thank you again. Ben Rivers, <laughs> field 68, run your pool, sign up right now. Do it. Also, hit the like button on the way out. Smash it uh, with force, but don't break your keyboard. Uh, Come back tomorrow. Uh, Until then, good luck. Winners only, please.